Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the final edition of Sundays with Shortland. Now, this is week 14, and so the only thing that we have to focus on now is our uh, final exam, our final assignment. Sorry, we have a full house of pets in this room right now. We have Sausage right here, we have Ollie impending over there, and we've got Bodie Bag of Donuts just having a little nap down there, so... Hair and distractions are plenty. But no, today's episode is to get you up to date and ready to nail the final assignment when it comes. But also it's to demystify it. I don't want you to think that it's that it's designed to, to test you in, in a way that you're not expecting, to do anything that it that it shouldn't do. It is solely designed to be an opportunity for you. To basically have some fun. Um, and obviously, I think it's a weird thing to say about a final. I don't think anyone would ever describe a final as having fun. But it is, it is an opportunity for you to take the concept of forensic psychology and to apply it to a case that interests you. That's simply what this is about. It's about can you use a psychological concept, any psychological concept, to sway my perception on the culpability of an offender, to or against, okay? So that's all it's about. But the, the, the reason that it's structured the way it is, now it may sound weird structuring it as a court report, and you may kind of say, well, why don't you just make it an essay, right? Well, actually, I think the court report actually makes it easier in a sense, because it gives you not only a, a very validated structure, but also a process to go through um, that allows you to think your way through this case. So what I'm gonna do, is I'm going to break this video into the exact sections of the, the court report itself. So professional information, instructions methodology, sources of information, body of report, conclusions and recommendations. I'm going to give you a word count, a rough word count for each, and I'll, um, I think I'll come up with a case and, uh, and work it through with you to show you what I would do. So hopefully by the end of this video, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, by the end of this video, you will have everything that you need to nail that court report for the end of the semester and make sure you get that good grade that you deserve. Okay, so with that, let's get started. So I always get a lot of emails from students about this first section, professional information, qualifications of the writer. Basically saying like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to make something up? No, absolutely not. Just legitimately write your qualifications. Now, it, to be honest, this is how little I care about this section. You can write your the truth, you can write your, your actual qualifications. So I am a third year UMass Law student studying criminology. This is my first ever forensic psychology class. This is my first ever court report, right? Absolutely fine. Or if you want, you can create a mysterious backstory. My name is Detective Inspector Sam Spader of the LAPD. I've been chasing murderers for 20 years and I have a deep, dark secret. I really don't care. It is simply there for you to communicate to the reader your degree of expertise. Okay, so that's exactly what it would be there for. So if I wrote mine in truth, it would be, you know, uh, my name is Dr. Neil Shortland. I've been studying psychology, forensic psychology for 10 years. I have written multiple uh, multiple reports for the court, focused on the culpability of the offender, and I'm a member, a member of the American Psychological Association and British Psychological Society. You know, it just, it just says who you are, so they know the difference between Joe Schmo, 
never written a court report in his life, and Lawrence Allison, who's written a million. You know, it's so that they understand. So look, it's there for the format, write whatever you want. Okay, in fact, I'll give you an extra, if you write a funny backstory or an, if you can create a mysterious character, I will give you one extra point. There you go, how about that? Okay, so professional information, done. We're almost there. Okay, so the next section is where we start to really think about the report. So instructions and methodology slash explanations of the report. Who requested the report and why? Purpose of the report. Now, in the prior versions where I've done this, I've actually written the students a letter of instruction that says, you know, here is your case. I am on the, the side of the defence and I would like you to answer four questions. Now, the innovation or the change that I've made for this semester with you is that I am letting you choose your own case. So in theory, I would have to write, you, you would have to write your own letter of instruction. You don't. But what you have to do in this section, A and B, is basically articulate the questions that you are going to answer and or focus on for the rest of the report, right? So let's say you were doing, uh, and as Breivik is a classic one, right? So when I write the, when I write the letter of instruction for and as Breivik, I say, you know, dear chartered forensic psychologist, I'm operating on behalf of the defence and I would like you to answer the following four questions. You know, question one, to what degree does Anders Breivik have a mental illness? Question two, to what degree does Anders Breivik mental illness um, it, uh, directly explain his behaviours during the crime? Question three, what is, what, uh, to what degree would any mental illness um, be affected by treatment? And question four, to what degree uh, do you think that the presence or absence of a mental illness will affect his potential for rehabilitation, right? So it's just systematic questions for you to think about when it comes to your offender. Now, in this case, you obviously are creating these on your own. Now, I would almost stick with that same structure if you wanted, just to make things easier, but you can go anywhere you want. But let's say I was doing a criminal, okay? Um, sausage, you got any recommendations? No? Great guest. Um, I, Bernie Madoff, right? Bernie Madoff just died. So that's why he's on the top of my head. Um, if I were going to do... Actually, no, I'll, I'll use Bernie Madoff later, I think. Let's say I was going to do the Denver shooting the other day. Right? Potential classic case of CTE. I, 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 would, I would say... Uh, let's say I was doing CTE and CTE is a defence, right? So who's requested the report? Uh, the report has been requested by the defence with the sole purpose of examining the degree to which CTE uh, may have played a part in the uh, in the criminal activity or the or the murders conducted by offender name. Right. Purpose of the report that would then be like, well, what questions am I going to answer with my report? OK, so question one, uh, question one is going to identify the likelihood uh, outline CTE and identify the likelihood that the offender suffers from it. Question two is going to explore the degree to which CTE played a causal role in their uh, in their criminal behaviour. Question three, uh, uh, going to explore the degree to which uh, CTE may impact the ability for the individual to be rehabilitated. Question four, the degree to which CTE is going to impact upon or should impact upon their sentencing, right? Four things I'm going to do, right? What's the phenomena? 
that's, that's involved in this case. Uh, did it cause the crime? What does that mean for rehab or making them a good citizen again? And how should this affect our judgment on them? Right? I would say those four questions are kind of core ones you could stick with, right? And I think just, I mean, I think one of the most important parts, sorry, my cat has just deleted the entire document. You've literally just deleted the entire document. Thank you, darling. Um, I think if I was thinking about the, the broader question of kind of who do I pick, and I was thinking about this earlier, and some of you have already emailed me really great, um, really great questions or really great uh, thoughts. Um, and you can pick anyone you want. If I were saying, like, if you were looking for low-hanging fruit, right, you've got four or five other finals, you know, you really don't have time to, 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 to invest in this massively. You just want to do, you want to get it done in a straightforward manner as possible, right? The three that I would say would be the, the easiest low-hanging fruit, or I guess the, the three most straightforward ones would be a murder, and you could do expressive so emotion laden murder frontal lobe impulsivity emotional control all this kind of stuff um and you know you could do a defense you could then do murder and uh, psychopathy or the brain or anything like that basically you if you if you if you blame poor impulse control and the brain you can call it defense if you blame a neurally uh coded psychopathy you could be the prosecution right murder straightforward done the next i would say is traumatic brain injury so cte so any case of an athlete or a boxer or anyone who whose head has taken a few knocks um that's then gone on to do abhorrent or, or criminal acts I, I think you could easily do a, a cte case there you could do the benoit case you could do the bravik sorry the bravik case benoit case hernandez case the the shooter i just mentioned um there's a bunch other there's a bunch of other you probably do Ray yeah, I think it's Ray Rice with the elevator. You could do Ray Rice if you wanted. And you could use a CTE defense. Um really uh, straightforward would be a, would be an easy one there. The next one you could do, uh, which would be really interesting if you actually wanted to try it, is you could take uh, a rioter or uh or a, uh fuck it, you could even try a Jan Six Insurrection if you wanted. But you could take someone who's done a or a football hooligan someone who's you know been involved in a in a mass activity and you could do uh crowd dynamics and you could do Le Bon extended social identity model and you could you know you could technically defend them with that so that's the they're the three straightforward ones but it whatever you whatever case you pick the four questions are going to be the same what is the the what is the defense or prosecution right and then what is the theory and or uh, psychological concept that you're 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 looking for or saying is there? What are the implications that it played on their behaviour, so their crime? What are the implications of that for rehab and, and being nice again? And what are the implications for how we should sentence them? Right. What whatever way you do it, stick to those four questions. But that's it. That's your instructions, and that's your explanation of the report. Okay, we are back. And sorry, my cat deleted it again. Right, you good? Tip top. So the next section, sources of information. Now, this is actually a really interesting section and people kind of wonder why it's there, but it's really important. So sources of information is where you outline uh, what information you have been given to write your report. And critically, 
what information you haven't been given. And that might sound really, really strange, but if you remember all the way back to the start of the semester, I told you about the David Cantor case, right? Where he changed his mind between the prosecution and the appeal. And the reason he changed his mind was he had access to all of this information he didn't have before. Right? It's Toulmin's philosophy of argument. It's rebuttal. Right, There are lots of things that could happen that if you knew about would change your mind. So it's actually super important uh, in section three to say what your sources of information are. So here's what I would do. This is the way I always tell students to do it. Right, I would sit down and I would write a list. Right, So let's say I'm doing, um, let's say I'm doing Aaron Hernandez. Okay, I would write a list of all of the information I would want to know about Aaron Hernandez in order to um, in order to answer the question of uh, his CTE and his behaviour. Right. So I would want to know upbringing. I would want to know and like think of anything. Right. Imagine there's no limits at all. Right. It's a dream. It's a, it's, a, it's a shopping list of the perfect information. Right. I want to uh, 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 grow. I want to know what happened to him in his mother's womb. Right, because uh, the you know the James Cantor lecture, right? We know that affects the brain, right? What what happened in utero, right? Early life, genetics, relationship with his father, relationship with his mother, relationship with his best friends, deviant peers. What happened in school? How many times was he knocked out in school? How many tackles was he subject to in junior football? How many tackles was he subject to in high school? Drug use in high school, um, any traumatic brain injury in high school, um, early football career. Degree of contact in football career, number of head traumas in contact in his football career, drug involvement outside of his football career, deviant peers, uh, drug use, right? All of this stuff, everything from the minute he was born to the minute of his crime and even beyond, right? So let's imagine you've got this list of 10 things, okay? 10, 20, 30, whatever it is, right? Sources of information. Here's what you do. You say, right, in order to write this report, I have access to, and then you list. The, the bits of information that you have. So I know that he had DV, I know that he had a bad relationship with his dad, right? Cool. I know he had a good relationship with his mum, okay? I know he had deviant peers. I know he had degrees of brain trauma. I know he continued to have associates with uh, drug associations inside of football, cool, okay? So I list all of the bits of information or sources of information, things I know about at the start. And then I say in another sentence, you, information that I uh, th that I would want to have access to but do not include, and then I would just list all of the things that I don't have access to, right? And it might sound like a really weird thing to do, but think about it this way. Imagine you're about to read a court report, right? Two court reports. Both of them are on the same thing. So both of them are on CTE and football. And in the first court report, they have access to two things of information, and they don't have access to 18. And in the second court report, they have access to 18 bits of information and they don't have access to two. Which of those is more, which of those has more credibility? On its face, right? The one that has more information. So what you're doing is you're showing the amount of information that you have, again, Toulmin's philosophy of argument, modality, right? You're showing the amount of information that you have so the reader can gain a sense of your confidence in what you're writing. Now, there is no right or wrong. It is not that your score is dependent on the more sources of information that you have. I, honest to God, don't care if you only have one source and you don't have 19. 
right? Because you're you're fulfilling the requirement by just openly saying, you know, what you have and what you don't have. The only thing in this that's gonna uh, that, that affects your grade and that you should be thinking about is are you thinking of all the right sources of information? So let's say you were going to do the Denver shooting, right? CTE. One of the sources of information that you want to have but don't have is a scan of his brain, right? So that's something I would expect you to say, right? If you were doing um, a murder, an impulsive or, in, an impulsive or, or expressive or uh, an expressive murder, I would expect, you know, a source of information I would like to know is at the time of the crime, were they under the influence of anything that lowers their inhibitions? Alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, right? I would want to see that. So that's going to be in that you have it or you don't, right? It's more about knowing the kind of information that you need. But this is critical thinking stuff, good thinking stuff, right? If you're going to answer this question about this criminal, what would you want to know? And that's, what, that's why I say start with the list first. Because once you start with the list and you spend five minutes thinking about all the things you'd want to know, then it's very easy, once you've identified all the ones that you do know, you've already got the list of all the things you don't. And they're right there for you. Okay, so that's my guidance. But if you do that, you'll, you'll have that section done down. So the information I have is blah, blah, blah. The information that I wish I had access to but do not is blah, blah, blah. And we're done. the body of the report. Now, in terms of word count, right, you have 2,000 words, roughly 2,000 words for this whole thing. It could be less, it could be more, probably depends realistically on the amount of information in the case that you've picked. You're looking at 50 for the intro, maybe 100 or so for the instructions, 100 or so for the source of information. For the body of the report, I'd say you're looking at about 1,400 words would be my guess. This is really the main meat of it, maybe less, maybe a thousand, really, maybe, maybe a thousand. Um, and what I would say is I would say split it into three, three equal sections, right? So background information. This is where you're going to tell me the, the story of the individual. So what, who they are, what the crime was, what happened, you know, basically just outline the criminal case. So if it's Hernandez, you're going to say who Aaron Hernandez is, what happened, all about the murders, all this kind of stuff, where the evidence came from. If you're doing a murder, if you're doing uh, Elliot Turner and, and, and Emily, you'd be doing, um, you know, who Elliot Turner was, his relationship with Emily, what happened on the night, what happened afterwards, you know, 300 or so words just outlining what the, the the incident and the individual and the crime itself, okay? That's just what the background information is, right? So give us a sense of who this person is, right? Give us a sense of their background, their history, their story, okay? Then you're going to go into the assessments. Now, this is where you're looking at critical information. So here it, it, it's, it's things that are relevant to the questions that you're answering. Now, if you are doing, if you are, in some cases, depending on who you pick, assessments could actually be relatively formal. So in, in some cases, for example, let's say you did Dylan Roof, the extreme right wing shooter. Um, there have been like assessments written about, I think, like psychological assessments about Dylan Roof. So that's what you that's something you could put in the assessment section. Right. So you would write about 
um, criminal history, but you'd write about any psychological assessments anybody's done, have they been diagnosed by anybody, you know, what do people think is their um, uh, criminal, um, uh, do they have any uh, psychological issues, psychological disorders, what's their psychology really? So that's kind of what this is getting to, right? So what's the psychology of the person? What do we know about their IQ? What do we know about substance use? What do we know about their criminal history? What do we know about their relationships? Basically, don't just get, this is about the, the psychological makeup of the individual, right? So, so I mentioned earlier Bernie Madoff, right? So if I were to go onto Google, let's just do this live. Bernie Madoff. Psychological profile. There you go. That's great. So uh, Bernie Madoff, right? Psychological profile. There's a video here. Um, there's a couple. I, uh, there's a couple things here. Um, but most of them are basically saying, you know, Bernie Madoff. So right, is he a sociopath? Bernie Madoff. So the Stanford University blog. Um, personality disorders, antisocial personality disorder, and Bernie Madoff, right? Letters from a sociopath, an outline of Bernie Madoff, right? So what I'm getting from this one-minute Google here, uh, what's this? World Crunch, a psychological snapshot of Bernie Madoff, past and present, right? This is where people have basically written or looked at a psychological breakdown of Bernie Madoff, right? So if Bernie Madoff is my, is my person, is the person I'm focusing on, I'm going to write in the assessment section what all of these people have said about Bernie Madoff's background. So what was his background, his upbringing, his IQ, and psychologically, was he a, soci a sociopath? Was he a psychopath? Was he, did he have attachment disorders? Did he have um, borderline personality disorders? Did he have uh, autism? Did he have... Um, uh, Asperger's? Did he have, uh, you know, any, uh, was there a genetic issue with him? Like, whatever it is, but I'm going to give you an assessment of this person as an individual, right? So if background info is the, is the diagnosis of the crime, assessment is the diagnosis of the individual, right? So now you're about 600 in, right? You've given me a really good outline of the case. You've given me a really good outline of the person. Now we get into the actual meat of the court report. And I say this to students, like, this is why court reports are easy. And also, I guess if you're going to say this is why they're tricky, they're tricky. But if they're, they're easy, because right now we haven't really done much thinking. You know, we've picked our case. We've answered a couple of questions. We've, we've written about who the case is. We've written about who the person is. The court report is made or, bro is made or broken in this psychometric assessment section, um, which is where you are now going to explain and or diagnose the person, right? So psychometric assessment. If you were doing Elliot Turner, this is where you would write about, um, how did I defend him? Uh, you know, criminal, uh, no, my, my defense was a bit uh, around the bush, to be honest. Um, if you were doing Aaron Hernandez, this is where you would talk about CTE and how you, why you diagnose him with CTE. If you were doing an impulsive murderer, this is where you would talk about issues of you know, controlling behaviour, free will, the environment, the inability to control uh, impulses. If you were talking about an instrumental murder, this is where you would talk about chronic deficits of empathy driven by um, uh, neural, uh, neural atrophy in the amygdala, 
Um, this is where this is where you're going to if you were doing a crowd dynamics, this is where you would say that, you know, when people are in large crowds, you know, emergent norms become adopted based on the um, the way a crowd is handled by a third party intervening force. So, you know, there's a there's submergence and contagion and the spread of emergent norms and the individual loses a sense of, of will and identity due to issues such as disinhibition. Right. So it's in this little section here that you are going to psychologically go to town, really have a psychology party on this person. Right. And to be honest, like you can do, you know, so if I were going to do Bernie Madoff, <laughs> sausage, hair everywhere. Right. If I were going to do Bernie Madoff, the easy way to do it would be to do a prosecution. Right. And say, you know, Bernie Madoff is a sociopath. Right. Sociopaths are um, close to psychopaths, chronically low empathy, inability to empathize. Don't think about the opinions of others. Usually stems from early traumatic experiences and an inability to develop attachments. Probably an attachment, a parent, a parental attachment style. Maybe look into how his mum treated him. Did he have any issues there? And basically say that he's cold, callous, heartless, um, rational. Like these aren't these aren't impulsive crimes that he did. I mean, the man built, built a goddamn empire. Um, you know, calculated. Uh, uh, rational crime that involves excessive decision making and a, and, and a chronic uh, chronic display of low empathy, which is what leads to his crime. Right. So I'll diagnose him with sociopathy. If I were going to defend him. Oh, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I might go a bit wild. I might go with evolutionary psychology. And say that in evolutionary psychology, there's a there's a concept called the Seinhauser effect, which is this idea that good work, Darwin. Oh, that was a good job. Um, a Seinhauser effect, which is this idea that we we are evolutionarily primed as men to show off uh, wealth because it, it it shows that we are fiscally able to buy these things and also still function, right? So the, the, the question for this weirdly comes from, uh, why would you ever buy Seinhauser headphones, right? They're, they're hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Why would you ever buy Seinhauser headphones that are 500% the price, but only 15% better in quality? That's an irrational purchase, right? And the argument is that you're not spending the money for the quality, you're spending the money for the message that it shows. You're showing that you can spend the money, right? And it's this evolutionary argument around what is the need for money and what adaptive sorry what reproductive benefit does money have in showing wealth right so you could for bernie madoff argue that it's a yeah that in a, in, a, in a male competitive environment in which being surrounded by males causes increases in risky competitive behavior there's an evolutionary god i'm making this up on the spot there's an evolutionary drive to amass and then and then control and then exhibit immense wealth um, in order to demonstrate your I don't know reproductive utility or something like that. That that might be one way. Not sure if it works. That might be one way to go around defending Bernie Madoff, right? But all of that psychology, right? This this concept of 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 what is the theory and what's at the heart of their crime all goes in C psychometric assessment right so when i finish the body of the report i need to know who they are and what they did right so bernie madoff uh ponzi scheme millions and millions and millions of dollars right assessment what do we what do we know about the person right background family history relationship with his mother 
potentially viewed as being sociopathic, not sure he's ever been formally diagnosed as such, might be in there if I dug deep enough. Um, but basically an assessment of who Bernie Madoff is as a person, right? And then this third section, psychometric assessment, the psychology part, right? So if I'm defending him, let's go with uh, the evolutionary link between the need for money um, and, uh, and competitive behaviour in males and how he was forced into a competitive male-dominated environment in which there's this evolutionary drive to out-compete and, and, and create and possess more money than everybody else. And so it wasn't really Bernie's fault. It was more the, the presence of all of these alphas and everyone having all of this money. And that created in him an evolutionary need to amass and create more. Not entirely sure that's the best defence, but that, that's how that section would go. So after that, body of the report's done. It's the home section. Okay, so here we go. Conclusions and recommendations. Right, now, this is relatively easy. And the reason I say that is you've written most of it already. And it's just a case of putting it together. So I want you to revisit that instructions and methodology part, right? And where you would have hopefully written the questions that you were about to answer, right? So let's say you had those four questions, okay? Um, presence of a psychological disorder, role of psychological disorder on their crime, role of psychological disorder on their opportunity for rehabilitation, and implications of psychological disorder for their sentencing, right? So here you're going to say conclusions. My report concludes that. Bernie Madoff is uh, Bernie Madoff was the victim of a male-dominated alpha environment in which evolutionary drives would have increased his proclivity to amass and or acquire wealth, whatever the consequences. Right? Uh, Aaron Hernandez was uh, sign uh, had significant degrees of CTE, and the CTE would definitely have impacted his ability to control his impulses and possibly. Uh, impacted his decision-making, leading to instrumental forms of violence that appear rational at the, at the site. Okay, conclusion, that's it, right? Question one, was, this, uh, was, the, was the psychological disorder present? Right, in my assessment, psychological disorder was present, okay? Psychological disorder X was present, right? Question two, in my opinion, psychological disorder did, or possibly did not, if you want to go explorative, you could pose the question before you answer it, did or did not, play an active role in their crimes. Okay, good. C. C is interesting. Think about the permanency. So if it's CTE, that doesn't get better with, with, with prison. You can't treat CTE. If it's psychopathy, in theory, that doesn't get, a, get better with, with, with time. If it's something environmental, right, you know, if it was Bernie Madoff and all the men making him need more money, right, that actually can be changed because you take them out of that environment. So three is where you kind of think about the permanency, right? So in my opinion, um, this individual can be effectively rehabilitated or can uh, can have adequate treatment if that treatment focuses on X, right? So you can be super specific. Some people name treatment types or you can just be super general. I don't really mind that much, right? Okay. Four, in my opinion, the sentencing of X should factor in these factors and... Um, and, uh, and, and limit or minima or, or, or moderately mitigate the culpability deemed on the offender. Okay, and then you end with, you write that, that's your last line, and then you end with a pro rata statement, statement of duty, 
I am an expert in the field of psychology and the court has requested that I provide a statement. I understand that my duty, including in my providing written reports and giving evidence, is to help the court and this duty overrides any obligation to the party who has engaged me. I confirm that I have complied with that duty. Full stop, line under, you're done, forensic psychology over. Then you do the references, but forensic psychology over. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a kind of a, a live look at going through a court report, but I hope it demystified it. I hope you can listen to this, sit down, listen to it while you're doing it, and go through that process. I guarantee you it will make it more straightforward. I think you'll actually enjoy it. But look, just just ask yourself, ask yourself firstly, what what do you want to study? Like, is there a certain crime that interests you? Is it something simple? If not, stick to one of the lectures. Just pick one of the lectures, pick one of the theories from the lecture, pick a criminal that's been mentioned. You don't you don't lose any points for just picking someone that we all know about. Right. You want to do a Ted Bundy. Cool. You want to do a Lee Harvey Oswald. Cool. You want to do the guy that shot Kennedy. Cool. You want to do Hernandez. Cool. You want to do Elliot Turner. Cool. You want to do Bravik. Cool. Fine. Go ahead. Do it like it's awesome. Like I really don't mind. That'd be, that'd be great. At the same time, if you want to challenge yourself, if you want to. You know, if you're a budding forensic psychologist and you actually want to have some fun and, you know, you want to you want to think about a different case. You know, I have people asking if they can do cases from their town. Cool. Awesome. You want to do uh, Bernie Madoff, preferably better than I just did him. Also cool. Awesome. Like whatever you want to do, whoever you want to do, however you want to do, that's the freedom you're given. All right. So take it. Enjoy it. And I really I really do hope you enjoyed this final. All right. Any questions? Drop me an email. I'm looking forward to it. And thank you again. Have a wonderful evening and good luck.